0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: And you, you might be sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute. Isn't the world already filled with violence and hate and nothing like the tribulation period? Understand it says in Thessalonians that, that the world right now is under restraint. But once the church is removed, the restraint will be lifted from the world. And then you'll see violence in the world and killing in the world like we've never seen. Now we open the third seal, verse 5.
0: The Bible says that when the tribulation comes, there will be a violence that the world has never seen. This is a sobering truth in the book of Revelation. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing more about what this will look like when it comes. As Christians, this should move us to compassion for the people who don't know the Lord. Since we know what is coming to those who don't know the Lord, we must have an urgency to go out and share the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: we're going to believe this guy when he comes on the scene and he promises to bring peace to the world, peace to the Middle East, to end terrorism, to fix the economy. He's going to do it all for us and people are going to believe him. He's going to deceive them and people are going to embrace him. Second Thessalonians chapter two, we're told that he's empowered by Satan. And we'll have more to say about the Antichrist later on in the book of Revelation Uh, But the tribulation begins with the Antichrist coming on the scene and coming to world power. Uh, Turn with me over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now there were some that were teaching falsely in Thessalonica uh, that the tribulation had already begun. And that the world was already in the tribulation period. There are people today that teach that we are in the tribulation period right now. I think, though, as you see as we go through the different judgments and you see what these judgments entail, you're going to realize we're not in the tribulation period. It's not happening yet. But in Thessalonica, there were false teachers teaching that the tribulation had already begun and that the church was going to go through the tribulation. So Paul writes to correct that error, and he says here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, "...let no one deceive you by any means." There are people getting deceived by false teachers. For that day, the day of the Lord, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. This is speaking of the Antichrist. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God." Paul tells them, hey, no, the tribulation hasn't begun. The man of sin will be revealed at the beginning of the tribulation. The man of sin hasn't been revealed yet, so it it hasn't started yet. That's that's what Paul's saying here. And so the tribulation is going to begin with the revealing of the Antichrist, or with this world leader that's going to come to power in the world. It's just going to come on the scene. You think about... uh, Think about our current president. I'm not not saying he's the Antichrist. I'm just saying, first elected office, the White House. You think about our president before him, Barack Obama, just to keep it equal. Uh, He was elected to the State Senate of Illinois. Ten years later, he's elected to the White House. That's how quick somebody can come to power today and have the most powerful elected office in the world. Just come on the scene and gain power. You look here, and by the way, again, I believe the church is going to be in heaven before the tribulation begins. I don't think we're going to know who the Antichrist is. I don't think he's going to be revealed before the Lord calls the church to heaven. So I don't really care who the Antichrist is. Uh, I'm not, you know, don't talk to me after the service about who you think it is. I don't care. I'm not going to be here, okay? look at the verse again here in Revelation 6. I notice he has a bow, but he does not have arrows, which tells us that this world leader, when he comes on the scene, he's going to gain power peacefully, not militarily, not through war, but he's going to gain power peacefully. Daniel chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 27 says, the prince who is to come, speaking of the Antichrist, he will make a treaty for seven years. This is where we get the idea of a seven-year tribulation. As part of that treaty, uh, the Jewish people will be allowed to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem and start their sacrificial system again. Halfway through that seven years, he's going to force them to stop, it tells us in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. He's going to go into the temple. He's going to declare that he is God and that people should worship him. This is what the abomination that makes desolation is, that Jesus references in Matthew 24. And Jesus says to the people that are living in Israel at that time, when you see the abomination of desolation, run for your lives. Run for your lives. Head to the hills. Because that's when all hell is really going to break loose upon the earth. And so this seven-year treaty uh, really marks the, the beginning of the tribulation period. And so the first seal, the Antichrist, comes on the scene and is able to take power peacefully. And then in verse 3, we have the second seal. And when he opens the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. So this second horse was fiery red or blood red, and he will take peace from the earth. The earth, the world, will be filled with violence during the tribulation period like never before. People will kill one another, it tells us there. If you're taking notes of that word kill, it's literally the word slaughter. It's the word used elsewhere in the Bible for the slaughtering of an animal sacrifice, a lamb that's slaughtered. People will slaughter one another. During the tribulation period. And this word sword. He'll have a great sword. This is an interesting word. The Greek word that's used here is not the word for sword. It's not talking about a large sword that a soldier uses. This is a small dagger. This is a small knife. This is something you can conceal. This is something that you can put in your pocket. Like a pocket knife. Uh, This is something that was used as an everyday tool. To cut meat or cut rope. What is it saying? It's saying that the fighting and the killing that is going to result from the rider on the red horse or the red horseman that will take peace from the earth, it's not going to be nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's going to happen too, Jesus tells us. But the fighting and killing that results from this red horseman is going to be person killing person. There's just going to be violence in the earth, a disregard for life where people are killing each other, neighbor killing neighbor. Kind of thing. It's not, it's not military against military. And he's talking about all over the world, people will be killing each other. The world will be filled with violence and hate and murder. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, isn't the world already filled with violence and hate and murder? Nothing like the tribulation period. Understand it says in Thessalonians that, that the world right now is under restraint. But once the church is removed, the restraint will be lifted from the world. And then you'll see violence in the world and killing in the world. Like we've never seen. Now we open the third seal, verse five. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see or or go. So he sends off this third horseman. So I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. And do not harm the oil and the wine. So this third horseman rides a black horse. Black is the color of famine in the Bible. If you're taking notes, Lamentations chapter 5 verse 10 says, The famine has blackened our skin as though baked in an oven. Also, Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 2, speaking of famine. Judah mourns, the gates thereof languish, they sit in black on the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem has gone up because of the famine. So black is a color associated with famine in the Bible. And if you think about it, oftentimes when you have war, you have violence, you have people living in fear, the fields are left unattended. They're afraid to go out in their fields, they don't tend to the crops, And famine often follows war. And the scarcity of food drives up the price. It's supply and demand. You just look what it says. It tells us in verse six that during the tribulation that the price of food will be very, very high. And we're talking about, you know, basic sustenance here, you know, not luxury food. A quart of wheat will cost a denarius. Now, a quart of wheat is barely enough food to feed one person for a day. And it's going to cost a denarius. A denarius is a day's wage for a laborer. So it's, it's like minimum wage. So what a person making a minimum wage will earn in a day, that's how much it's going to cost them just to buy a loaf of bread during the tribulation period. They'll be able to feed themselves. They're not going to be able to feed their family. They'll be able to feed themselves, and, and that's it. Or they could spend their money... And they could buy a little bit more barley, it tells us in verse 6, for that same price of a day's wage. Barley was food for the very, very poor. It was used to feed animals, in fact. First Kings chapter 4, verse 28, you see horses are fed with barley. So you, you can buy enough food to, to barely sustain your own life. If you have a family, you can buy animal food. Keep your family alive with barley. This is during the tribulation. During the tribulation, economically, it will be very, very hard for most people in the world just to survive, just to have one meal on the table a day.
0: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City Act.
1: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
0: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
1: But look at what it says at the end of verse 6. This is kind of interesting. End of verse 6, it says, do not harm the oil and the wine. Oil and wine are luxury items. Rich people purchase oil and wine in those days. So it's interesting, during the tribulation period, the rich will not be affected by the high price of food. It's only going to impact the poor. The rich will still have their oil and their wine. Even today in our own country, and again, I'm not taking sides in it, I'm just saying it's a fact, but you hear people talking about you know, the disparity in, in the rich between the rich and the poor in our country, and how the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and it's harder for the poor to make a living and to make ends meet and, and that the economy's rigged and all of that kind of stuff. Well, it's going to be really bad during the tribulation period. And we have the final seal that we're going to look at today, the fourth seal and the fourth horseman in verse 7. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see or go, and he sends forth the fourth rider. So I looked and behold, a pale horse And the name of him who sat on it was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth, note that, a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. So you have this fourth horseman, he's riding on a pale horse. This word pale here, it's speaking of a a greenish color, it represents the color of a corpse. And of the four horsemen that are mentioned here, this is the only one that we're told his name. The rider's name is Death. And he's he's got a sidekick. It's hell. Death and hell are riding together in this judgment. And there's three times in the book of Revelation that you see death and hell mentioned together. The first time is in chapter 1, verse 18, where Jesus says that he has the keys to death and hell. He's got authority over death, and he's got authority over who goes to hell. You see it again in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, when death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. So with this fourth seal, death and hell come to the earth together, and death takes the person's body, and hell takes the person's soul. If they haven't trusted Christ to be their Savior and look at verse 8 again. The rider on the pale horse is given power. That word there is authority. He's authorized by God Almighty to kill a fourth of the earth's population. A fourth of the earth's population. That's unimaginable to us. I and mean, you're talking almost 2 billion people. That's the population of North America, South America, and Europe combined will be killed during the first part of the tribulation. This is just the beginning of the tribulation. We're in the first part of it. And a fourth of the earth's population will be killed. And look how the population will be killed. The the rider on the pale horse will kill with the sword. Now, this is the other Greek word for sword. This is the large sword. This is is the military weapon. So it's going to be war. He'll kill... By hunger, people will starve to death, especially if a loaf of bread costs a hundred bucks. So, people are just going to die of starvation. And we hear, you know, that's happening in the world today. I understand that. But it's going to be affecting the whole world during the tribulation period. He will also kill, the New King James says he will kill by death. (laughs) So, people will die from death. (laughs) They always die from death, right? the word here is pestilence. It's disease. People will die from diseases during the tribulation. By the millions, people will die from disease, from epidemics and pandemics that just spread across the whole earth. Diseases that we can't cure. Diseases that have no treatment. Again, we see this happening on a small scale. You'll, You'll hear about an outbreak of some disease in some foreign land or something like that and and there's this this crisis and and you know people race to try to contain it to keep it from spreading or i you know i have young children uh, and so maybe i'm more aware of this but with the flu season that we just came through and it just seems like every year there's a new strain of flu and it's harder and harder to treat and more and more people suffer from it. And you hear of more and more people dying from it. You remember when we were kids, not to sound like we're, I'm old or something, but when we were kids, you just had the flu. And you had it for like two days and then you were fine. There was no swine flu and bird flu and TNT1 flu and flu type A, flu type B. like You never heard anything like that. But now every year, it's just, it seems like it's getting more and more difficult for us to catch up with it and treat it. More and more people are suffering from it. But during the tribulation, there's just going to be this global pandemic, this global crisis and outbreaks of deadly diseases all over the world. So this pale horse is going to kill through pestilence, through widespread disease. And finally, look at this, we're almost finished. The pale horse will have the power to kill by the beasts of the earth. How about that one? By the way, this is why I don't have a pet. You never know when Fluffy's going to turn on you. You're going to wake up and Fluffy's going to be gnawing at your throat. This one seems strange, doesn't it? I mean, okay, the sword war got that hunger. Okay, that's kind of happening in the world now. Pestilence, diseases, like, okay, I get that. We see that happening in in, in isolated uh, incidents in the world now. But killing by the beasts of the earth, that's a new one. There's actually several places in the Bible where God warns that he will use wild animals to judge his people. Uh, Leviticus 26, Jeremiah 15 Ezekiel 5, Ezekiel 14, also Numbers 21. I'm just going to read one example to you out of Leviticus 26. Uh, here's what the Lord says to the children of Israel. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgment so that you do not perform all my commandments but break my covenant... I also will do this to you. And he begins to list the things he will do to them as a punishment. And he says in in verse 22, I will also send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children and destroy your livestock and make you few in number and your highway shall be desolate. People will be afraid to go outside because of the wild beasts. Isn't that interesting? You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22 there the Lord says to the children of Israel that he's going to give them the promised land, but he's not going to give them the land all at one time. He's going to give them the land bit by bit over a long period of time. He says, because of the wild beasts that are in the land, that they'll overrun you. So there the Lord says that he's going to do it that way to protect the people from the wild beasts. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. You maybe are thinking about it now. Now, but why don't wild animals attack us? Now, occasionally you hear about a shark attack or an alligator attack. I grew up in Florida. Alligator attack, a bear attack. It doesn't happen very often. Why not? It's the Lord. It's just the common grace of the Lord. But during the tribulation period, God will lift his hand of protection and wild beasts will be allowed to attack people, and we're told here that many people will die from animal attacks. You know, in Numbers chapter 21, the children of Israel, as they're in the wilderness, they're complaining against God and complaining against God's provision. And so you know what God did? He lifted his hand of protection, and fiery serpents came into the camp all of a sudden and killed a bunch of people in the camp. Those serpents were always there around the camp. But now God just allowed them to come into the camp, come into their homes and kill them. You ever think about that? You know how many snakes there are in Maryland? Why don't they ever come into your house? What keeps them out? Who keeps them out? There's five million alligators in the United States. How come alligator attacks are so rare? Why is that? What's the Lord? The Lord protects us, but during the tribulation period, God's not going to keep the wild animals from attacking people. And so many, many people during the tribulation will die from animal attacks, and so people will just be afraid to go outside. Now, verses 1 through 8 that we've gone through today, this is just the beginning of the tribulation. This is just the start, We're not even to the halfway point yet. This is just the very beginning. This is how it it starts. There's some that say, well, you know, God doesn't pour out his wrath until halfway through the tribulation. No, this is wrathful here. This is bad here at the very beginning (laughs) of the tribulation. And we're just getting started. But listen, listen, I'm almost finished. I promise. This isn't for us. For those of us that have loved the Lord Jesus Christ and put our faith and trust in Him and His death on the cross and His resurrection, the tribulation isn't for us. That's not our destiny. Heaven is for us. Heaven is for us. We're going to be with Jesus around His throne, worshiping Him and giving glory to Him because He hasn't appointed us to wrath, but to receive salvation through Jesus Christ.
0: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you'd like to hear this message in the book of Revelation again, feel free to find it at CalvaryEC.com. Simply look under the Media tab. There are a variety of messages from this series and other series as well. As you browse our website, you'll get a better understanding of the church that supports this radio ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. In fact, if you're in the area and would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings in person, come join us this weekend. Our website has all the information you need as far as directions to our location and service times. We'd be so happy to connect with you and hear what you've learned from listening to Ring of Truth, If you'd rather get some information over the phone, we can do that too. Our number is 410 491 4592. That number, once again, is 410 491 4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to these messages from the book of Revelation. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Revelation next time, so don't miss a single edition as he explores this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's message, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience. We'll catch you next time, right here on Ring of Truth.
2: I see the signs and I recognize